0: Hello everybody and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. As you all know, spiritual entrepreneurship, well, it's the path that I choose to travel on in my business journey. And it's also the path that I'm supporting other entrepreneurs stepping into also. So if you're ready to go big as a spiritual entrepreneur, then I am inviting you to join me in my Aligned Coaching Academy. You see, the Academy is a spiritual and soulful launchpad that helps you get clear about your vision, create a roadmap for your career, and lay a strong foundation for massive abundance in business. Instead of trying to make things happen in your business, what I'll teach you in the Academy is how to take spiritually aligned action so that you'll experience an inner transformation and gain confidence along with practical business building tools. See, your efforts will pay off big time. You'll earn the kind of money that provides the freedom you crave and you'll make an impact doing what you love. So, if you are ready to take this next step in your journey as an entrepreneur, then head to the link in the episode description and fill out the work with me form to apply for the Aligned Coaches Academy now. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I have another exciting guest episode for you all today. And I'm extremely excited about this special guest who is joining me because it is someone who has been alongside me across this entire business journey. And I literally mean the entire business journey. It was probably about, I'd say, two months in. one month into my own business journey that we became aligned with our paths. So in saying that, I am extremely excited to introduce to you guys today, Misty Flatigan, who is a business and mindset coach who specializes in real estate investing. So
1: Misty, welcome. Oh, hello. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. I listen to your podcast all the time. Of course, I share it with my coaching clients. And so I'm absolutely honored to be a guest. And yes, you're absolutely right. We are like literally sisters from other continents <laughs> and building these businesses. I feel like side by side together. It's just been so much fun to be a part of each other's journeys and support each other. And mm-hmm. it's just- Been a blast to watch each other grow, you know, independently and even together. So this is going to be a fun interview we're going to have.
0: (laughs) I agree, and yeah, it's like so awesome because we literally, from zero dollars in our business up to becoming six-figure business owners, have been alongside each other, supporting each other, crying over voice (laughs) messages, yes, (laughs) all of it. And yet, we still have never met each other in real life, which is something that just blows my mind with like everyone within these communities, but. I love that you listen to the podcast and you share it with your audience. And I'm actually gobsmacked as to why we haven't done an episode sooner together. But
1: you are a busy girl. I'm a busy girl, you know, so.
0: Exactly. (laughs) But I think it's divine timing. You're here on the podcast now at the exact time that you're meant to be here to share your story and your message. So with that said. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit more
1: about you and the journey that you've been on? Absolutely. So I am a full-time entrepreneur, real estate investor, and business and mindset coach. And I started my entrepreneurial journey in November, 2016. My husband and I decided to leave corporate America and jump into real estate investing full-time. We had like a little bit of a construction background, him more so than me, he grew up in construction, civil engineering, and I worked for the same general contractor that he did, but more in HR and business. So we decided to take all of that knowledge and experience that we had working for corporate. And we moved to a whole new state. We moved to Texas because the real estate market here is wonderful. We have lots of people moving to Texas right now, which is great for us because we're building a lot of houses, but We took all of that and decided to go all in on creating our own business. And fortunately, we have never had to work for anybody else. We never will work for anybody else. It has been a really wild five years or five plus years now of entrepreneurship, but I really honestly wouldn't change anything. And one of my most favorite things about it is now I get the amazing opportunity to help other women get started in their own real estate investing journeys, I get to take all of the lessons learned, you know, especially the tough ones, and I get to help people cut their learning curve and really structure their business correctly from the ground up and provide them with the support, the resources, coaching, mentorship, education, all of that. And that's really what I'm focused on full-time now. I'm still active in our real estate investing businesses, but that's really my husband's baby. And my baby is my coaching business. And it has been since July, 2020. And I absolutely love that I get to do this every single day. And now I've coached over a hundred women, which is crazy to think. And I just want to continue being of service to these amazing women. There's not a lot of women in the real estate investing world. And so there was definitely a need for this. And I'm just super honored to be walking with them, you know, on their path and in their journeys and helping them start their businesses and being just badasses. I love it.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And I feel that so much as well five years to be on your entrepreneurial journey for five years. There's definitely a lot that you would have learned from that. Is there what pops into your mind is like maybe one of the biggest takeaways that you've gained that if you could see, you know, Misty five years ago at the start of her entrepreneurial journey, what would that thing be that you'd share with her?
1: I love that question. Patience. (laughs) We, for whatever reason, and actually it was another coach that had said this to me in the real estate world. He's a coach that was, he still is part of a program that my husband and I joined when we first started real estate investing. So see, we have coaches and mentors. That's actually how Emily and I know each other. Right. And so he had said to me one time, this is years later. Now we're just friends, but He had said, you know, Missy, I think it's so insane that people will be totally fine with going to college for four plus years, you know, to get their degree, to get an entry-level position in corporate, but they step into entrepreneurism and become a business owner and they expect it to happen like that. They expect it to happen overnight. They're going to have this successful, you know, six figure, seven figure business. And when it doesn't happen overnight, you know, the world is falling apart and they're a failure. Like, why is it that we can give four plus years, you know, to building a degree and a career? And then some, you're entering entry level at four, you know, but when we go to build a business, we're like, why isn't this happening in two days? You know? And I was like, oh my gosh, Brent, you're absolutely correct. And so looking back, we were absolutely guilty of that as well. Thinking, well, we have experience in construction and And, you know, Jason, my husband grew up in a family business. And so we're like, not that it was going to be easy, but we thought, oh, we have all these advantages and holy moly, there are things that you will learn as an entrepreneur. You know, we were, we did very well in corporate. It is not the same thing. It is Mm -hmm. not even close to the same thing. And to give yourself grace and patience to you know, really understand there's a big learning curve there and to embrace that instead of fight it. That's what I would give, you know, Misty five years ago advice on. And that's what I now give my coaching clients on because I feel their frustration, you know, a couple weeks in or a month in and their business isn't booming. And it's like, well, yeah, because we're putting the proper systems in place. We're getting you educated. We're, you know, we're getting you through that four-year degree, trying to do it as quick as possible, but The patience part, especially in today's world where everything is at your fingertips like that, uh, patience is absolutely necessary. And I do believe that's why most businesses fail is they get so close to the point where they're probably about to go and they give up because, you know, it's hard and it is. And you just have to keep reminding yourself this is what you're supposed to be doing and keep showing up every day. And I promise you it will happen but it doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) That does not
0: happen. (laughs) I feel like this was exactly what I needed to hear at Emily today (laughs) because- I mean, I've been in business for the past year now, and even I'm impatient and can recognize that I'm impatient. Like I went through a five-year degree studying something that I hated and I was patient enough to recognize that, you know, results will come at a certain time. But yet here I am a year into my business and I'm like, why aren't I a millionaire yet? Like, come on. And patience, you know, because there's that excitement behind the vision and the goals that we do have in place. But like just reminding yourself that you do need to be patient with the process. You do need to recognize that you need to grow into those goals and you will grow into that goal and that vision at exactly the right time. And simply by being impatient, you're just causing resistance in the journey and you're causing stress, anxiety, frustration, like all of these things that come up to And actually, they hold you back even further, right? They make the process even slower. But yeah, I definitely think I needed to hear that myself as (laughs) another little external (laughs) reminder.
1: Well, you're welcome. There you go. No charge at all either. You take that little nugget for free. (laughs) I love that. And what I find hilarious as
0: well is today we're talking about overcoming the three P's However, sharing that point of patience means that there's a fourth P then and there. in this. Right, we did add
1: that fourth P in there for sure.
0: <laughs> right, so we're not talking about the three P's, we're talking about the four P's today. Apparently. Perfect. But in saying that, you know, why don't we dive into the juiciness of this podcast episode? As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the three P's and these three P's are perfectionism, people-pleasing, procrastination, and of course, that bonus one of patience that you just shared there, Misty. But why don't you take it away? And first of all, tell us a little bit like this concept of the three P's. Where did that come from for you?
1: Yeah. So the small group coaching program that I have, which is called Her Mindset Matters REI group, was co-founded by myself and also another coach. And she is a life and business coach. She was my life and business coach. And she really came into my life at, you know, couldn't have been a more perfect time to help me with my mindset blocks, you know, in my businesses, basically. And she introduced this concept of the three Ps into our program. And it's like every time that we talked about it, there would just be like, minds would blow because it was just like, oh my gosh, this makes total sense why these three things are holding, you know, us back. And I will say, you know, men and women are different. And I think these three things really hit home for women more specifically. And so, you know, now I have taken over her Mindset Matters REI all by myself. Deidre is an amazing coach. She's doing a whole nother program. And fortunately, I still get to share all of this amazing information that, you know, she brought into the program. And so, when we, you and I were deciding what to talk about, I was like, oh, I haven't spoken about this in a while. And it just, like I said, it really does hit home for a lot of people, especially people starting businesses. And so when it comes down to it, you know, the one thing that all of them have in common, and we can just kind of start there and go from, you know, start with this and go from there is fear. So they all three have some sort of fear behind them. So for people pleasing, it's obviously a fear of what other people are going to think, right? Whether you do this or don't do this, right? What are they going to think? How are they going to look at me and what, you know, there's this fear because we all want to be accepted and we all want to be liked by others. And, you know, where does that even come from? And do we like everybody? Like, no, we don't, you know what I mean? It's pretty funny, but we have this fear of what everybody else is going to think. And then when it comes to perfectionism, same thing, there's the fear of, well, is it going to be good enough? You know, are people going to accept it? Is it, you know, are potential clients going to like it? Am I going to stand out? What is it going to be good enough? And we know perfectionism does not exist. Nobody is perfect. And I think that's beautiful because we're all works in progress. And then when it comes down to procrastination, we procrastinate because we're not ready. There's a fear of, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that, right? I don't know if I know enough in order to embark on starting a business, real estate investing, whatever it is. And then there's also this fear that I discovered through, you know, you and I doing Kaizen together, the Kaizen Mastermind is this fear of success. And that's why we procrastinate because what if... I put myself out there and oh my shit, I succeed. Like, holy crap, what if I succeed? Then what do I do? Am I ready for that? Am I capable of that? Am I worthy of that, right? So there's not just a fear of failure that causes the procrastination. There's a big fear of success that also causes the procrastination. So then we don't do the things that we're supposed to do to achieve the results and the goals that we set for ourselves. So they all stem from fear just in a few different ways. And it's so crazy to think about how they all can come from one thing just very differently. But it can really hold us back in pursuing the goals that we have for ourselves, you know, whether it's personal or whether it's in career or starting a business or whatever it is. But yeah, that's the main thing behind all three that I just kind of wanted to touch on to start the conversation. So
0: yes, well, I think it was so important you touched on it because uh, I think that's an awareness that some people maybe would have been a bit blind to, you know, that their perfectionism is being driven by fear, that their people pleasing tendencies is driven by fear and that their procrastination is driven by fear as well. And only when you really start to do that deeper digging. But usually when you unpack these things. So I think it's really great that you brought that awareness up for everyone. And fear seems to be like the topic of the month, I think, because everyone I seem to be talking to, like fear, 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 like fear is the thing that's popping up that they want to work through or that they're passionate about or being called to speak about at the moment. So thanks for adding that value there. But yeah. let's dive in then and start to have a look at each of these three things. So perfectionism, people pleasing and procrastination. We'll start with Perfectionism. Can you explain to our listeners what perfectionism is in case they have a vague idea of it, but not crystal clear? And so they can actually become self aware as to whether or not it's something they're impacted by.
1: Right. And it's very common. So I used to actually think that this was a positive thing. You know what I mean? When you're like, if, say, if you're in an interview and you're like, oh, I want, I need everything to be perfect. Like you think that that's a good thing. That you're saying that, like, I'm going to make sure everything is top notch and whatever else. Now, the thing is, is that perfectionism, you know, being perfect, right? There is no such thing as this. So even giving it a definition, I don't even want to because it doesn't even exist. Like, that's the craziest thing is when we say, oh, I'm a perfectionist. And we say it with like an air of like, what does that even mean? You know, like. What does that mean? I don't even know. So it's just funny to me. And looking back now, I see so many points in my life where perfectionism got in the way of me enjoying something that I was, you know, presenting, putting out there, creating, because what happens is it needs to be perfect, 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 perfect. So like, say, for example, this podcast, you know, if you were like, Oh, I didn't like the way that I said this. And, uh, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, I don't like the way that I said that, you know, then this podcast would never get pushed out. Are we going to say some things that we might flub up on? Yeah. Because guess what? We're not perfect, but it's so much more important to push this podcast out there to have people, you know, take it in and take what they want from it. Leave the rest. I don't care. You know what I mean? That doesn't bother me. I'm not here to be a people pleaser, <laughs> but If we don't put it out there, then they have nothing to actually take from, right? So, you know, there's so many points where it was like, I look back, I was a competitive dancer. I ran track. There's all these where even when I was getting medals, I was beating myself up because it wasn't perfect. And I'm just like, wow, I deprived myself of these moments of celebration and of growth Right. And I love when you said, like, we have to grow into these goals and we have to grow into the person that we need to become to achieve the things that we want. And that's why I love that perfectionism does not exist because if I was already perfect, guess what? I would have everything. I would, you know what I mean? There would be no growth that needed to happen for me. And I love waking up every day going, What is the new thing I'm going to learn about myself today? What's the exciting thing I'm going to discover that I'm passionate about? You know, and if I was perfect, none of that would be happening. And I also feel like if I was perfect, it'd be really difficult for me to relate to anybody else. And they would probably be very intimidated by me and me to other people that I view as perfect, you know, being authentic and genuine and sharing in our journeys. And, you know, you and I both talk about the tough stuff of what we've experienced that shows people that like, okay, Misty isn't perfect. Emily Jane isn't perfect. Like. Their journeys of entrepreneurship are not perfect. So it's okay that I'm feeling like I'm a hot mess right now. And it helps them, you know, continue to push on and continue to show up and, you know, do the best that you can, but it is so much more important to push out, you know, let's say uh, B minus work than it is A plus work, because we're just going to continue to go over it and over it and over it. Even if it is A plus, it's still not going to be good enough if we're thinking it needs to be perfect. So it really holds you back from taking the next, you know, necessary steps forward to achieve those goals. And really, truly, I believe it deprives you of the celebration of what you are creating and what you are experiencing and the growth and opportunity that you are having in your life. And that is something you do not want to be deprived of. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. Yeah.
0: Completely agree with everything that you just shared. And like, I can reflect back on my experience through university where I was surrounded by people who wore perfectionism as like a badge of honor, you know, like I'm a perfectionist, like everything's got to be perfect, like wearing it like it's something to be proud of. And what I've really learned, and I mean, me personally, I've never been a perfectionist, like I'm the queen of imperfectionists because growing up, like it's, Started with just like, you know, the disorganization in my room and then I would be told, you know, you're not good enough because your room isn't perfectly tidy right now, like your sisters or like your brothers. And then, you know, I'd move into school and my bag would always be messy. That I'm just someone who's never been perfect and it used to manifest through my organizational skills. But now you can see my backdrop is nice and clean because I've learned there's a difference between perfectionism and organization and cleanliness. There is, absolutely. Yeah, but what I really found is my imperfectionism would actually be an asset going through uni and an asset now in the entrepreneurial space. When I was in university, you know, not being perfect and allowing myself to really expand and explore other ideas and take imperfect action to move through certain stages quicker would allow me to then tap my energy into other places as well. That would create, you know, more value for what it was that I was producing. And that's the exact same thing in the entrepreneurial space. I'm all about, you know, imperfect action. You get an idea, you build it out, you run with it immediately and you just let it grow. And then you get another idea and you do the same thing. You don't stay fixated on, let's say, for example, you're launching a program. You know, you don't stay fixated on, oh my God, the program's not perfectly planned out. The title, the name of it isn't perfect. My marketing isn't perfect. My timeline isn't perfect. And just continuously holding yourself back because the longer you do prolong that process due to your perfectionism, the more you're going to be holding yourself back, you're not going to be making money. You're not going to be finding clients. You're not going to be growing or building in any way. You're going to be stuck. Whereas now I get an idea before I even have the program laid out, I'm already promoting it and selling it on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Because through taking mm-hmm. that immediate action, I'm going to be able to grow and develop the program in ways that are more aligned with the people that I'm serving and the audience that I'm speaking to. So do you have anything to feed off of that that you could relate with?
1: Well, I was the complete opposite of you. So (laughs) I'm so glad that you like, you know, you shared that because it makes me a little bit jealous because, you know, like I said, there were so many moments where I felt like I kind of deprived myself of celebration and just embracing the imperfectionism. And I, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of these moments, even in entrepreneurship, where I would have literal meltdowns because, The conversation I was having with a potential seller or one of our projects, our real estate investing projects, something wasn't going right. And I would just freak out. And when you freak out, that doesn't help you solve anything, right? You need to be able to assess the situation, understand things are going to happen. You always want to have backup plans. You always want to, you know what I mean? So when we strive for perfectionism, it's a very emotional journey that we're on. And it's very difficult for us to be logical in the moments that we need to be the most logical, which is when things don't go quite right. And if things are supposed to go perfect all the time, they're going to go not right a lot of the time. And so if you freak out all the time and stress out and have, I used to have anxiety attacks. I mean, it would physically, you know, affect me. And it's just like, I look back now and I'm like, wow, like That is not a healthy way to live. That is not a healthy way to build a business. It wasn't healthy in my relationships. It wasn't healthy with myself. You know, I always call myself like a recovering perfectionist. And I love to say that I'm not perfect and I will never be perfect. And I'm embracing exactly what you said, you know, with this next chapter in my life of becoming a mom now, and oh my gosh, like two and a half months, holy moly. I used to think, oh my gosh, I have to be perfect as a business owner and I have to be perfect as a mom. I know for a fact, it is going to be a beautiful, hot mess of a situation. And I am so excited about it because I'm going to figure it out. You know, like you did, you use it as an advantage. Like I'm now, that's how I look at things where it's like, I don't need to have it all figured out. I don't need it to be perfect. I don't even want it to be perfect. I just want to move forward and assess as things happen, the type of what I want my business to be, which is something I'm looking at right now and making those adjustments right now. And then what type of mom I want to be, you know what I mean? Because we're hundred percent in control here. We forget that. And that's where the people pleasing comes in, right? Because we're starting to do things for others instead of for ourselves. And I am so excited to just see what life is going to be like and have no expectations. And I truly know that I will be able to enjoy every minute, even the sleepless nights and, you know, whatever is about to happen, because I'm not going to have all of this pressure of perfectionism on myself as a mompreneur, I'd like to call that, you know, so, I'm just, I'm actually like fully embracing and excited about like not being a perfectionist, you know, in this next chapter of my life. I'm like, let's do this right.
0: Yeah. Well, it's freeing. It's, it's like you're taking yes. this massive weight or these shackles off yourself and you're opening yourself up to just like so much more freedom, flexibility, opportunity, possibility, like all of it. Um, So in saying that then, like, obviously you're taking these steps to really embrace no longer being a perfectionist. So what actionable steps would you give our listeners or recommend them to take or advise them, whatever you want to share with them to really help them start escaping the perfectionism they might be stuck in themselves?
1: You know, if you're not part of a program or a group or have a coach or mentor or some sort of accountability buddy that can help you with this. I really feel like, you know, the mindset work that we have done with the programs and coaches that you and I, you know, are a part of really helped me step out of that role because what they do is open your eyes to what perfectionism is doing to you kind of in a negative way, right? So many times we're so in it, that we can't see anything else, and I do think in society, you know, like you said, perfectionism is like a badge of honor, right? It's misconstrued, and so when you have somebody who can kind of pull you out of it, and what does Rob always say? Look at outside the jar, or whatever you know. Don't be in the jar, yeah. but pull yourself out and look at. It really opens your eyes, and I think for me, you know, definitely working with a coach and mentor, and being around other entrepreneurs that also strive for perfectionism and they're overachievers and they're it's very common in what we do that's why we are entrepreneurs a lot of the time because we want more for ourselves but it's like knowing that I'm not alone but then also having the community support resources to then really tackle and understand where that perfectionism comes from and like I understood where it came from in my childhood after I started tapping into that is I really wanted to provide Like structure in my life. I had a little bit of a chaotic childhood and it was like, oh, but if I'm perfect, then I don't cause any problems and everybody's happy. Right. And so I just kind of carried that into adulthood and obviously to an extreme that, you know, isn't very healthy and it wasn't a very even good quality of life. And I wasn't even celebrating all of the wonderful achievements that I've made. And I even sometimes have to stop myself and go, okay, Misty, like, let's really look at everything you've created. You know, this is awesome. Like, let's just take a moment. So it's a constant work in progress. But I think being made aware of where that perfectionism comes from is really, really important. And then being given the proper tools and resources, journaling questions, support guidance to work through that Mm -hmm. is really beneficial, really Mm -hmm. beneficial.
0: Really like changing your perspective on, or first of all, recognizing what perspective you're holding on perfectionism. Are you wearing it as a badge of honor or do you see it as a form of procrastination? And then developing, doing the inner work, the journaling to develop that deeper awareness of, okay, if I do view myself as a perfectionist, this is how it is impacting me, holding me back right now. So this is why I need to change it. So then you can really make that perspective shift happen.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Awareness is so important in all three of these Mm P's and everything else is being aware of what's going on and really understanding how it's holding you back in all Mm -hmm. the ways or whatever, you know, and then you move forward to overcome it. Right.
0: And that's it. Like awareness is the most important thing. Like every single podcast episode, without a doubt, like awareness comes up in in some way, shape or form, because without awareness, like you're just, you're unconscious, (laughs) you're asleep you have no idea or depth of understanding of what's actually going on around you or for you or like in your life in any way shape or form so yeah we can talk about awareness all day but i want to move on to our second piece <laughs> let's do it so that was like the most in-depth discussion around perfectionism so i love that <laughs> and now we're going to have another in-depth discussion but around people pleasing the second piece so give us a little intro into people pleasing and what this is and
1: how someone can know if they're a people-pleaser. Yes. So it's funny. I also say this, I'm a recovering people-pleaser. And again, when I look at where it comes from, it does come from my childhood, right? Again, being like, well, if I make everybody happy, everything's fine. And, you know, we're all smiling and laughing and all this. So it's very common, especially in women, because, you know, we do like to serve others. We really do like to make others happy. It's just in our nature to care for others, we're nurturers. And a lot of times what happens is we care more about what's going on with other people than ourselves. And so this is a really tough one for women wanting to start a business, especially if they have a family at home or if they have a career or, you know, even just a spouse or significant other, they feel like they're taking time away from that and that's a form of like people pleasing. Will let me be here for them so that I'm going to put my goals and dreams on hold. So that's one form of people pleasing. And then another form is really just everything that you're doing, you need validation for. And this was something that became so aware to me, you know, throughout our time together in Kaizen was like, wow, like I don't validate myself at all for the things that I have accomplished. I only feel successful, quote unquote, successful when other people are saying, I'm so proud of you, Misty. Great job, Misty. I knew you could do it, Misty. Way to go, Misty. And so that's also a form of people pleasing because everything that I was choosing to do, I was choosing because I wanted somebody else to tell me good job, whether it was my parents, whether it was my husband, whether it was my friend's you know? And so I was making decisions for myself based on that instead of what the hell does Misty want to do? Right. And so I wasn't quite going down the path that I wanted to, or even really trying to explore it because I would do, Oh, Misty, you'd be really good at this. Oh, Misty, you should try that, you know? And so we lose our way, with when we're constantly focused on people pleasing and getting that external validation from others. And so when we realize that, again, the awareness, right, it can be a very scary thing. I remember when I was awakened with this and it was like, oh my gosh, I've never, have I really like done something that was just purely for me? And what does that even look like? And then you still find yourself when you're, You know, when I decided to become a full-time coach, I thought, oh, I'm letting my husband down because I'm supposed to be an equal partner in this real estate investing business. I knew to my core, I needed to coach women full-time. I had already started to, it'd been six months and I really wanted to build a proper program and business around it to best serve them. And also myself, because that's what I was passionate about. But I almost let the people-pleasing, And going, you know, oh, well, what's Jason going to think? Am I abandoning him? And, you know, what is everybody else going to think? And like, I almost let that get in the way. And I said, no, not this time. I'm going to do this. And now, you know, thank goodness that I did because it was the best decision I ever made. And it feels really empowering to do something and create something, you know, for myself. And I feel like I am absolutely a much better coach to these women, because I'm so passionate about what I do. And also I cannot be a people pleaser and properly coach these women.
0: Yeah. Like that does
1: not, that those do not align. So that was something I really had to lean into was like, if I'm going to be of the most service and value to these women, I cannot care what they're really going to think of me. I, I have to ask them tough questions. I have to call them out when they are not showing up and doing the work that they need to be doing on themselves and in their business. And it has totally, and they are so appreciative of it. I get all the time, Missy, thank you so much for asking me these tough questions. Nobody asks me these questions. Nobody gets me to think about this stuff like you do because I've done away with people pleasing because I know that when I dig deep into that and I'm honest With myself and showing up and being the best coach and mentor to these women, it's actually serving them and serving myself in a much more bigger, powerful, beautiful way. Mm -hmm. So, but you have to kind of pull yourself out of the norm of people pleasing and ask yourself again, why am I people pleasing? Is it because I'm scared to see what it is that I truly want for myself? Is it because I don't know what I truly want for myself? That was my thing what the hell do I want then? You know, and you really have to understand that. And then every time it kind of starts to creep back in, just like, you know, anything else, the old self creeps back in. You really have to acknowledge it and go, nope, I'm not going down that road again. I'm not going to do people pleasing again because look at what this has provided for me and for my business personally and professionally. I stand up for myself and I have, nobody has, you know, left me as a friend My husband, I think loves me even more now that I actually stand up for myself and speak what I, you know, what I feel. And we think people are going to abandon us if we are not pleasing them 24 seven when actuality, a lot of times people get annoyed when people are just like, yes, 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 yes. You know, it's not healthy at all. And it's not good for your relationships. It's not good you know, for your personal well-being. And it's definitely not good in your career or especially as a business owner. You really have to be able to stand on your own two feet and build the business that you want, not what others want, but that you want in order to best serve yourself and your clients.
0: Mm, That's so perfectly said. Like people pleasing is going to hold you back in so many different ways, whether it's on a personal level or a professional level, as you just shared, there's so many different consequences that can come from it and limitations that come from it as well. And I personally believe that the only people that you should be pleasing is the person that you are now and the person that you want to become, right? Like you need to always be putting yourself first. You need to always be making sure that the person that your decision is driven by or your actions are driven by is you, you know? Because Mm -hmm. when everyone else is gone, like who's left? You're left. When friends leave, when relationships leave, when people die, which is an inevitable part of life that's going to come, who is left through all of that?
1: When you do that as well, I've noticed everything else with everybody else just comes together exactly how it's supposed to. Like, it's really crazy how when we just show up for ourselves how all of our other relationships are really positively enhanced, like just in this magical way. And honestly, if they're not, those are maybe relationships or friendships you need to let go of anyways. But when we show up and we are truly there for ourselves and making decisions for ourselves and putting ourselves first, everything else in our lives just really just falls into place exactly how it's supposed to, because we're being so intentional every single day. And if we're constantly people pleasing, we're like, well, but should I do this? Because then that person might get mad. But then if I don't do that, and nah, nah, then nah, you're overthinking everything, you're not intentional about anything. And then you're going through life feeling just a jumbled mess and nothing is genuine. And so it's like, you know, you showing up for yourself is literally the best gift you can give yourself and everybody else in your life, to be honest, you know, and your business and what whatever else is going on. Like it all just unfolds exactly how it's supposed to, but it is crazy how hard it is to just show up and be honest with ourselves and be intentional and just ask the question of what the hell do I want? You know, it's a scary question to ask and you really just have to be open to exploring it and then receiving whatever's going to come in and also releasing whatever needs to go out. And, you know, again, having a coach or mentor or community support something like that will definitely help you, you know, through that journey, because it can be a scary time. We have identities, right? That we've, and some people literally give themselves an identity of a people pleaser, like that is their identity, you know, and whatever it is, mom, wife, whatever it is, you know, there's usually some form of people pleasing. And so when we step away from that identity and just say, what the hell does Misty want? And, you know, no answers come in there for a hot second. You're like, oh, okay, what are we going to do here? You know, it's a little scary, but man, is it so liberating and so amazing to explore. I encourage everybody to ask themselves that question and just sit with it and see what comes in, see what goes out, see what you need to, you know, move the needle forward and exploring that because it is, you know, you don't want to be on your deathbed asking that question, you know what I mean? You really want to be going, saying like, I did everything that I could in my life for myself, for others, whatever, you know, I showed up and I was intentional and that's how you do it. You have to ask yourself the tough questions, (laughs)
0: just like I asked my clients. (laughs) And I love that point that you brought up about identities and it applies to absolutely everything we're talking about today. You know, we put labels on ourselves, we identify ourselves and label ourselves as the perfectionist or as the people pleaser or as the procrastinator or as the person who doesn't have confidence, you know, like whatever label you choose to put on yourself, then that's going to completely impact and influence the way that you show up for absolutely everything. So if you can take that step back and you can really identify like what labels you are placing on yourself and then start taking steps forward from there, it's going to help you so much. And what I've sort of been hearing from what you were sharing there is like, that's really that first step, you know, get that awareness, recognize like, okay, are you identifying yourself as a people pleaser right now? And as you mentioned about fears before, like, why are you labeling yourself as a people pleaser? What fears are driving that, you know, like, is it the fear of losing some friends? Is it the fear of rejection? Like, what is that fear? And then from there, once you've got the clarity on that and you can get the support, you can get the guidance to overcome that fear to allow you to be freed and no longer, you know, live by that label that you once put on yourself. So in saying that, is there any action steps that we've missed out that you'd want to share with everyone to take in their journey to overcoming people pleasing? Or do you felt like that hit it?
1: I mean, I think just taking the time to really understand what it is that you want, and then also understand why you maybe taken the path that you have and Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for others? You know, again, asking yourself the tough questions and really digging into that. You know, it's so important. It's going to keep coming back to the awareness. We cannot change anything that we're not aware of. And I hate when people, well, that's just how I am. That's just how I've always been. No, like, bullshit. I'm sorry, but no, you know. If that's not something you like about yourself or that you're doing or pursuing or whatever, you are hundred percent in charge of your life and you are responsible to make that change. So we have to be aware of it and we have to really explore it to understand it, to then move through the fear or through whatever the people pleasing is caused by, you know, on a deeper level, but just take that time, take that time to ask yourself those questions. I say simple as a question as what the hell do you want? You know, like what do you yeah. want? Like a notebook, like it's, it's literally, it's an easy question, but it's also a hard question, you know, it's but a simple yeah, process. it's yeah. a
0: simple process, but it's not easy to action. Right. It's not an easy process to go through, even though it's
1: a simple concept of what you need to do. Mm. And honestly it shouldn't be all of these things when we're really trying to like be in, do better and grow as humans, why should it be easy? I mean, that's where you truly understand why you are the way you are, who you want to become, what you know, what you want to create for yourself is asking these tough questions mm-hmm. and being really uncomfortable when you're answering them and being really uncomfortable when you work through them. Like anything to me that is is coming easy, you're kind of giving yourself a pass. You're not really doing the work, you know, but you and I both have asked ourselves very tough questions and have had major life-changing breakthroughs, but that's because we were asking ourselves, you know, questions that we were terrified of, but look at where we are now and the people that we are now, I would not change any of it for the world, you know? And I think that's what I want more people to understand is don't take the easy road. Don't stay comfortable. Like really ask yourself, that question to understand why you are, you know, struggling with perfectionism or people pleasing or procrastination or patience or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, Just Awareness.
0: And yeah. that's, that's such a great point that you did add there about like discomfort because discomfort's what gets you the growth, you know? So if it means personal growth and getting uncomfortable by asking, reflecting and responding to those challenging questions, you know, that's where the growth is going to come. I mean, from all of my personal experiences, whenever I've felt that the situation I'm in, like whenever I felt easy, like emotional ease, I know I'm not growing. I'm like sitting at a place that I have up-leveled my two and I'm settling at that level. Right. And same within the business, you know, whenever things have felt easy, it means I've settled at whatever level of growth I've achieved. And the real discomfort, the real growth is coming from those times where in business you're having to work harder or you're feeling like you're being challenged more or you feel like things are really hard all around you. Like That's when you know you're growing and you're not just settling at a new level of growth. And I think that sort of leads perfectly into that final point that you wanted to mention today about procrastination. Because, you know, if we're procrastinating, we're not taking that massive hard action that's either going to get us that, you know, spiritual, mental or physical growth that we want to see. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the topic of procrastination?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think probably everybody can relate to procrastination in some way, shape or form. I know that I can. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons that you procrastinate. Probably the main one is we procrastinate on things that we don't necessarily like doing. I mean, that makes sense, right? So we know there's things in our businesses that we don't love doing. We wait till the last minute. I'll be really honest with you right now. I have tax stuff that I need to do that, guess what, is due in like a week. And I have it, you know, I'm procrastinating on it because it's not my favorite thing to do. My CPA probably loves me. But you know what I mean? There's that type of procrastination. Okay. And it is stuff that we, you know, still need to do, but we wait till the last minute. Then there's people that are like, oh, well, I am a master procrastinator and I actually, you know, present my best work when I procrastinate and I'm going to call bullshit on that. You know what I mean? And we can show up. This is why deadlines are so important when we're creating goals. Right. Because once we have a deadline, then, you know, maybe it does come down to that, but we have to give ourselves, you know, those due dates And why is that? You know, why can't, if there's something that needs to get done that is good for us in life or business, why aren't we just showing up and doing it? You know, and I'm asking myself that question right now, right? Because there are certain things that I'm not doing and waiting till the last minute to do. And then there's people that procrastinate because they are terrified of what can happen if they put something out into the world, right? You know, using the example of the program that you said, you create a program for other people, maybe you're you know, a coach like us, whatever, you are terrified that you're going to put that program out there and nobody is going to sign up for it. You're terrified that, you know, you're going to do a bad job and people aren't going to achieve whatever it is, you know, your their client success rate. There's all these things. So you're terrified of, you know, you have the fear of failure. And then you also have the fear of success of Holy crap! What if I put this program out there and a hundred people sign up for it? And I'm like, what? You know, not ready for that. Can I manage that? Am I capable of that? Am I worthy of that? So there's a lot of different fears or reasons behind procrastination, but I would say that's probably the biggest one with my coaching clients. Is you know, for example, a lot of them need to make cold calls in order to talk to. Uh, potential sellers of properties to see if they're interested in selling their homes. This is the number one thing that they don't do that they need to be doing. It's the number one thing in their business that they need to be doing to get business, to grow their business, to get deals, to make money. But it's the one thing they will do everything else in their business. I send them podcasts. I send them training you know, modules. I send them articles to read. They will do all of that but then they won't pick up the damn phone to make the call to actually get the business that's going to pay them. Right. And there's so many fears that go in. There's lack of confidence. There's, you know, what if this person answers, what do I say? Even though I've given them all the scripts, I've given them everything that they need. There's so much fear there of what's going to happen when somebody on the other end picks up the phone. And do I know what I am doing? And I have to constantly remind them, look at all of the tools and resources you've been given. You have a coach, you have a mentor, but more importantly, let's talk about the self-confidence. What is going on here? Again, where is that fear coming from? Right. And a lot of times it does come from, they've tried something in the past and they failed, you know, or they were told you're not good at this or whatever it is. There's a lot of what we experience as adults stems from our childhood, And so, so much of the, you know, that's why I call myself a business and mindset coach, because what I've found with myself and my clients is what was holding us back is these things, these mindset issues. We could pick up the phone and call, but guess what? If you're thinking the whole time, please don't pick up, please don't pick up, please don't pick up. That's not very good energy that you're putting out to building your business, right? And then if somebody does pick up, that's probably not the best conversation that's going to happen because you're not really mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. So understanding where that's coming from and the procrastination behind it and why you feel so comfortable taking what's called passive action, where where that's the consumption of information. But then we literally are terrified to take massive action, which is where we actually like do something to get results. Why is it so easy? Because the passive action is just reading an article or listening to a podcast or that's easy that's comfortable. It's the picking up the phone and making the cold calls. That's really scary and uncomfortable. And so really tapping into, cause every client is a little bit different on where that fear is coming from. But most of the time it is a lack of self-confidence, a fear of failure, and very much so a fear of success. What if they say they want to meet with me? Holy crap. What do I, you know, it's your mind goes to these places. If I don't know what I'm doing, Even though they're part of a program, they have a coach, they have a mentor, they have everything they need to be successful. In that moment, they are terrified. And Mm -hmm. so we really have to work through that to help them. And the more they do it and talk to these sellers, the more confident they get, right? Which is Mm -hmm. crazy because that's the one thing they don't want to do. But when they do it, and actually these are just human beings you're talking to. It's just a normal conversation. It's not the end of the world if you don't have the answers. The more they do it, the more confidence, but it's sometimes it's like pulling teeth to get them to pick up the phone and make the calls. Mm-hmm. So we have to really dive deep into what's going on there, you know, because it's not about doing all the things. It's about, you know, what's behind it. And you could pick, somebody could pick up the phone and make a hundred cold calls, but if there's no intention behind it and they're not showing up, you know, in the way that they need to, to have the proper conversations none of those hundred phone calls are going to turn into actual appointments with sellers, which is your goal, right? So it's not about doing the things. It's about like, why are we doing the things? How do we prepare for the things mentally? How do we prepare our business for these things? You know, Whether it's systems, time management, there's so much more that goes behind it that people don't really like understand. And they could also use that as procrastination too. Well, I don't have all the systems set up. You have a phone, don't you? You have a list that you can call, right? that's all you need, you know? So it's making excuses. It's, you know, all the things. And again, you have to dive deep and ask them what's really going on here to address, you know, and, and push forward and help them through it. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. And I completely agree that on like one of the massive Reasons why people do procrastinate is because of those fears and allowing those fears to be stronger than the sort of like desire, you know, or the motivation to really be able to take the action and move past that. And I think on one hand as well is this aspect of urgency. You know, when we lack urgency or motivation as well to take the action, then we can also procrastinate. And a personal experience of my own is when it's come to my life coaching certification. So I came into this certification thinking, yeah, I'll smash it out in like like no time. It'll be done in a matter of like one or two months because when I was at university, I was someone who always managed to get like the output done on time. But what I found is because this life coaching certification doesn't have deadlines along the journey like a university degree does. I have procrastinated the shit out of it, like to the point that it's taken me until literally the one month to go mark to actually get my shit together. And so I think that if deadlines is something that you need in order to motivate yourself, create more urgency around it in the sense of, okay, well, if I have a year to complete this thing, how can I create some smaller deadlines to make sure that I'm getting forward motion happening? Or if it's not even deadlines, that's this situation, like maybe there is no deadlines involved in what it is you're wanting to do, which I know is the case for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people that you might be working with and coaching, then it really comes down to creating urgency. And when we say oh. creating urgency, it's about looking at either the motivations to get the thing done or the consequences of not getting it done. And everyone's driven by a different thing. You know, I personally am more driven by consequences rather than motivations and I think that's common for a lot of people because we know that yeah if we get this thing done we're going to achieve this this and this but it's still easier to settle with the life that I have now because the life that I have now isn't that bad right but Mm -hmm. when we think about the consequences of oh if we don't do this thing this is actually everything we're missing out on or this is what it's going to cost me or my family or in your case, your future child, right? Then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, we're so much less inclined to actually procrastinate on those things we're doing. So in saying that, is there any additional tips or things that you'd love to share with our listeners to really help them break away from procrastination
1: and actually start getting their work done? I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there of really understanding your why. And that's one of the first things that we do, you know, with that I do with my coaching clients, both group and one-on-one is what is your why? What is the reason that you want to do this? And they're, oh, I want to make money. Okay. Yes, I understand. You want to start a business to make money, but we got to dig deeper again. It's like dig deeper, dig deeper, right? The seven levels deep. Oh, because I want to provide a better life for my children than what I had, or I want to be able to send my kids to college, or I want to build this big, beautiful rental portfolio that I can pass on to my children. Like it all comes down to something so much deeper so that when we are procrastinating, we can bring that why back to the forefront and go, Oh, if I don't pick up this phone call, or if I don't pick up this phone to make my calls, I don't build the rental portfolio to pass on to my children. I don't get to send my children to college. I don't get to spend more time with them. Whatever it is, right? Whatever your why is. And so really understanding that. And one of our really close friends and other badass business coach, Cassandra Britton, she did a podcast on like why motivation is bullshit and it's all about discipline because we have to be able to do the things that need to happen, but we have to have that intention behind it. Why is that something that you should be doing? And then also setting those goals. If you're a business owner and you don't have deadlines and you don't have goals short and long-term, where are you going? Literally, where are you going? What path are you going on? So you have to have all of these things to help you not procrastinate, to help you create a path forward That makes sense for you and that you can go, okay, I have to reach this goal by this date. Am I on the right path? Why am I procrastinating? What's going on there? Is it something that needs to happen in my businesses? Is it something I need to, like for me, getting my back end systems in order is just not something that I am going to do. I've just accepted it. So now I'm bringing on a person, a director of operations to help me do that and hire the right people. Because I've just like, that is not where my zone of genius is. That's not where my focus is. I just, you know what I mean? But I had to like have a good hard look at that and go, why am I procrastinating on it? One, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing when it comes to that stuff. I'll just be very honest with you. I don't know about email marketing and like all that, whatever. And it's like, that's not where I should be spending my time. So now I'm making an executive decision to continue on this path of building You know, a big, beautiful business of bringing somebody on. So if we don't have these deadlines and these goals and this why, where are we going and what are we doing it all for? It's very confusing. And it's this is where we get kind of shiny object syndrome and bounce around all over the place and nothing really gets done. And again, it's that consuming of information. You know, I talked to women that for years, like one woman I talked to for 15 years She's been educating herself on real estate investing, has yet to do a real estate deal. Why? You know, she's terrified, right? And it's just like, it's crazy to me that, you know, people will do that. But if you don't have all the resources and things that you need to really understand how to create it, how to set the deadlines, build a business plan, have the why, you know, put the systems in place, do all the, It's very overwhelming, right? And that can also cause procrastination. So, finding that, you know, those resources, you know, program, coach, mentor, whatever it is to help you with that is obviously extremely beneficial. But you've got to really understand what it is that you want, right? <laughs> and your why behind it to be able to build that plan. And then you got to hold yourself really freaking accountable. You know, that's where the discipline comes in. So, yeah.
0: I, and I love that. And the only thing I would feed off of that is like further expressing, like, the importance of having accountability. You know, like we say that your why is going to help you with overcoming that procrastination. But even in that, like sometimes you need help to find that reason why or if it's not even connected to your reason why, but it's about just having the accountability to help develop that urgency. And when we say accountability, like that can be external accountability from someone else, like a coach, a mentor, or anything like that, or even a friend or a family member, your partner. But then you can also have self-accountability, you know, and that comes back to doing that reflection and looking at, okay, what are my motivations? What are the things that are making this urgent for me to take action on. And as you mentioned, you know, like about how it's not necessarily about motivation, but it is about building the discipline. You might even need accountability to find the motivation to be able to build discipline because for some people it's easier to build discipline, but if you have no motivation at all to become disciplined in whatever it is you need to become disciplined in, you're still not going to do it. You're going to procrastinate it. I remember growing up, my mom, like the reason why that I am disciplined with brushing my teeth is because my mom told me over and over and over again, if I don't brush my teeth, I'm going to have rotten teeth and the worst smile in the world. And all of a sudden that became my motivation to be disciplined. (laughs) So we need accountability sometimes to help us develop the motivation to be able to develop the discipline to not procrastinate. So okay. I love how like everything, it just all mixes in together. And for every single person, like it's the arrangement of these different concepts is slightly different, but like overall, they're all the same and connected in one way. But what I want to move on to now, Misty, because I don't even know how long we've been talking to. I haven't <laughs> looked at the time. I didn't see the time we got on. And I think that we're over an hour already. But what you I want have
1: to do- so much good stuff to share. <laughs>
0: no, completely. And I want to start to round off this episode. You know, today we've spoken about overcoming the three P's, which was perfectionism, people pleasing, and procrastination. And I think that the value you've shared on each of these have just been so in depth that everyone should have complete clarity how they can move forward from here. But given this is the Empower Within em podcast, I do have one question for you. And that is, what is the final piece of empowering advice you'd love to leave
1: our listeners with today? Ooh, empowering advice. Honestly, I really think, and maybe this is just because it was so empowering for myself, but asking yourself that re, you know, really simple, quote unquote, simple question of what do you want? Like, what do you want? What do you want in your life? What do you want in your relationships? How do you want to show up in the world? You know, As a person, as a business owner, as a spouse, as a significant other, as a parent, as a friend, as whatever, it really, when you ask yourself that question and you really again lean into receiving whatever is going to come in, everything else just falls into place so much easier. And even though it was probably the scariest question I had ever asked myself because I did not have an answer at the moment that I asked it. It was the most empowering question that I could have. And I'm so grateful for you know our coaches and mentors and our Kaizen community because I was able to really explore that with the support and resources, like with the proper support and resources that whatever was going to come up for me, I knew it was going to be fine, right? Because we're kind of scared of what's going to come up. But if you don't ask yourself that very powerful question, it's really difficult to understand what decisions you need to make in all areas of your life to really, you know, know what it is that you want for yourself, want to create for yourself. And if you're fine, just being, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that just want to remain comfortable and that's fine and whatever. But I think there's so many people out there that are wanting more and they're just not really sure how to start that. And asking yourself that question of what is it that I want, you know, is a beautiful way to start Mm -hmm. and just lean into that, just really, and just embrace it. And it really can be one of the most empowering, you know, gifts and questions and whatnot that you give yourself. I truly believe that.
0: I completely agree. So asking yourself that question of what do you want is honestly the best place to start when it is developing that self-awareness for yourself you know because you're just you're asking you what it is you want for you and in yeah. saying that misty in case what our listeners want is to connect with you further <laughs> after this podcast episode are great <laughs> I'm just a great host how I just link everything right? together
1: <laughs> so if,
0: our, if our listeners want to connect with you after today's episode where can they find you how can they connect with you and what's the best platform to do so
1: yeah definitely. So the best platform is Facebook. That's where I'm the most active. I'm trying to be more active on Instagram and LinkedIn. So you can find me on there, but my name, Misty Again, you can find me no problem. And then if you want to take a look at the small group coaching program that I do offer, um, we are actually launching a new group next week that I'm super excited about March 16th, and that is called her mindset matters rei.com so find that online we're also on facebook review the testimonials see what you know we call ourselves a tribe see what our tribe members are saying about the program and their growth and development in businesses and then if you're interested in exploring one-on-one coaching definitely reach out to me as well i do offer that also you know i'm all about just empowering women that want to create better lives for themselves better businesses for themselves So if you're just curious, you know, you heard what we have to say here and you're curious, reach out. Like I love having conversations. Who knows what it can lead to? And I mean, what if it could lead to creating, you know, a life that you really just never even dreamed was possible, but you've asked yourself that question. What do I want? Now it's time to create it. So definitely feel free to reach out and you can email me too at Misty at guidewayinvestmentpartners.com would be a good way to get in touch with me too, but social media is probably the best.
0: But what we'll do is I'll put all of those links and all of that detail into the episode description. So if anyone does want to connect with you, you can simply just click the link in the episode description of this episode you're listening to now and easy find Misty like that. With that said then, Misty, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure as always to be able to talk to you. And I've taken away so much value myself. So I've absolutely loved every single second of this conversation. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I
1: knew we would have just a blast. doing It's this always together. a fun time with Empower Them. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Empower Them is the best. So no, thank you so much for having me as a guest. And I just love having these conversations. Like I said, this needs to be talked about more, you know, We need to normalize a lot of what people are feeling and also give them the right tools and resources to tackle these sorts of fears and really create, you know, a life they can be proud of, a life of passion, positivity, and purpose. That's what I'm all about. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for coming. So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.